A lot of us are still reeling from what happened this past weekend, and I think a lot of us are also trying to figure out what what can we do? What what can we do to try to make a difference, try to stop this from happening again? Well, there's a group that's already been here. They've been working on these issues. Maybe if there's good that comes out of a tragedy like this, it's that it uh, provides a little impetus for groups like this. Groups called Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Local spokesman for the group is Dan Barham, and he's here in studio with us. And welcome, Dan. Great to have you here. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks. Uh, You're not a mom, though. (laughs) How perceptive of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, after they they coined the name Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense, um, uh, it was was patterned after... uh, uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Exactly. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And uh, they decided to let those of us who who aren't moms in too so we have uh, single people we have grandparents we have uh, uh, fathers like myself sure this is a, a local chapter of a group that actually is, exists nationwide yeah it's it's a pretty big deal we've got uh, over four million people in moms demand action and moms demand action is a um, affiliated with every town um, originally there were two groups there was uh, uh, mayors uh, against illegal guns and Moms Demand Action, and they they merged together to form Every Town. So, um, what is it that your group wants when you talk about demanding action for gun sense? What does that mean? Well, we're we're proponents of uh, common sense gun legislation. We we try to make sure that we throw the common sense in there. You know, uh, in our in our society today, everybody wants to build a fence where you're either on this side of the fence or you're on that side of the fence. You either think that uh, we ought to confiscate everyone's firearms and nobody ought to have any guns, or on the other side of the fence, um, you don't think there should be any sort of restriction whatsoever. People should be able to own surface-to-air missiles if they want. Um, But that's not really the way human beings are. so we believe in supporting the Second Amendment. We believe in uh, supporting the rights of responsible gun owners. But we also believe that you can make legislation that's good legislation that can keep people safer. Um, and uh, uh, so we've got four basic goals. And uh, the first is to enact uh, background checks on every sale of every firearm. Now, I want to take these one at a time. Yes, uh, Congressman please. Rodney Davis uh, was on the over this a couple of days ago. We talked specifically about this issue. Uh, President Trump tweeted about this a couple of days ago, but hasn't said anything really more about it since then, other than he might consider this. But Congressman Davis says he believes the federal background check system works just fine. And he said, I, I asked, I said, so I asked him, are, are you telling me that no gun is purchased legally in this country without going through a background check? He said, yes. And I don't believe that's correct. I believe there are people buying guns legally uh, without having a background check done. Well, um, uh, okay, so... I'll have to I'll have to walk you through this, but basically it's it's legal as far as the seller is concerned and illegal as far as the buyer is concerned. Let me let me paint a picture for you. Um, let's say you just got out of prison. I'm I'm sure that wouldn't happen to you, but um, uh, let's Not say that, that anybody knows <laughs> you uh, you had been in prison for aggravated assault. You get out, and as part of your parole, you're not allowed to have a gun, but you want a gun. Um, you can't walk into Shields uh, and and present a Foyd card and go through a background check because they won't sell you a gun. Yeah. 
So you get online, and uh, I'm not going to name the website. I don't want people to be able to, you know, uh, go on this website unless they, uh, you know, they go looking for it themselves, I guess. Um, but there are websites that are basically like Craigslist for firearms. And that matches you, the buyer, up with a seller who doesn't care um, if you are purchasing this legally. Um, officially, they're supposed to look at your fi- uh, your FOID card. But, um, you know, there there are no witnesses to know whether or not that happened. Uh, and it's a private citizen selling to another private citizen. And that's exempt from a background check. You know, even family members, you know, I could uh, I could sell a gun to a cousin and that cousin might have a criminal record uh, or that cousin might have some other issue that might suggest that person shouldn't be owning a gun. But there wouldn't have to be a background check for me to sell that weapon to him. That's absolutely true. Um, of, of course, it's more dangerous when you're selling to a stranger. You probably actually know a little background on your cousin. You might know, hey, this guy's crazy. I shouldn't yeah. be selling a gun yeah. to him. So, you know, the the responsibility is a bit on you. But um, uh, if it's these Internet sales, people always used to talk about the gun show loophole. And uh, in Illinois, we closed the gun show loophole. If you buy a gun at a gun show, you have to go through a background check. That's our state. That's not federal. Um, but uh, with these internet sites, um, you can you can find a buyer where cash is king. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. It's just under the table, and uh, there don't have to be any records. And and so yeah, it's it's scary how easy it is to to get a gun illegally. So actual universal background checks would be one major priority for you. More, uh, yes. We'll come back in a second to talk about the prospects of actually achieving these. But I just okay. want to get the items on the table. The the next one is something that's happened here in Illinois and has been talked about explicitly by President Trump, by Congressman Davis, by others as well, and that is to, at the federal level, have red flag laws that would allow family members to go to court and petition to have guns taken away from someone who is mentally ill. Um, there's, there's generally two arguments against that. Uh, people either say you're, you shouldn't lose your constitutional right because you have an illness, in this case mental illness, and also if people uh, fear that their guns will be taken away, they'll actually be less likely to seek treatment for their mental mm-hmm. illness. How do you respond to those? Okay, well, first of all, a red flag law is not supposed to just be applied to people with a mental illness. It's anyone who's exhibited behavior or made statements that would lead other people to believe they're going to be dangerous. Uh, If you say, I'm going to go shoot up a Walmart, um, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a diagnosable mental illness. Uh, If you say, uh, I think I'm going to kill myself tonight, um, you don't have to have, you know, schizophrenia. Um, now, uh, certainly it can be applied to mental illness, but mentally ill people are usually more likely to hurt themselves than they are to go hurt other people. So I don't want there to be too much of a stigma or any more of a stigma than there already is about the mentally ill. It's anybody who presents a, an obvious danger. Um, so if the police are called to maybe a domestic violence situation, um, they can tell the victim of the I'm, – I'm going to say the woman because most of the time a domestic violence case is a, a man beating up on a woman. So they can say to the woman, um, look, you have this option. Does this man own any firearms? Are you afraid for your life? If so, let's go before a judge and get that firearm taken away for two weeks while the situation can be evaluated does that run the risk of infringing someone's constitutional right on the basis of hearsay, on the basis of he said, she said, 
<laughs> I'm afraid that's a question for the United States Supreme Court. Um, I don't think so, or at least I think in the interest of public safety, uh, I think that a two-week um, uh, firearm confiscation is um, – I think that's acceptable within the bounds of the Second Amendment. Uh, so your group, uh, again, background checks, red flag laws, and uh, and as you noted, that may pertain to mental illness, but maybe to other situations, including potentially domestic abuse. I know that's another big concern for your groups, domestic abusers still hanging on to weapons. Yeah, actually, that's the next one that I wanted to move on to. Um, if uh, there is a domestic confrontation, um, a woman is five times more likely to be killed if there's a gun in the house or in the the home, um, so uh, that's that's our our third big priority is trying to uh, protect people from domestic abuse. Right now, there's what we call a boyfriend loophole, where um, it's illegal. Or I'm sorry, uh, you can't buy a new gun if you are a husband and you've been convicted of spousal abuse. If the conviction hasn't gone through yet, you can still buy a new gun. They don't take your old guns. And if you're a boyfriend instead of a husband, they don't take those. So the situation of domestic uh, violence can be very, very dangerous for women when there are guns involved. So we d- essentially just need more laws, basically, when people are in the, the legal system, even accused of domestic violence, that we need to get their guns taken away from them. Uh, well, we need to make sure that we protect women. Um, I mean, of the women who are murdered by firearm uh, more than half of those are murdered by their domestic partner. Um, so, yes, we need that to be on the table. We need that to be a possibility uh, that if somebody um, is a wife beater, yes, we can take their gun away. Talking with Dan Barra, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense. He's with the local chapter here. And then the, your your fourth main priority for your group. Uh, the fourth one is just research. Um, it is so difficult for uh, anyone to do research on gun violence. And uh, that goes back several years where Congress passed a law that um, uh, you couldn't use uh, taxpayer money to uh, to investigate and do research on firearms. And so there's just not a lot of research being done. And we think it's because um, the NRA is scared of the numbers. If uh, the truth got out as far as how many people are being you know, murdered and in what situations, if we, if we had the research to draw on, um, we think that it would paint just an easy black and white picture and the public support would be turning against the NRA pretty quickly. One thing I didn't hear in any of those four priorities was banning certain types of weapon, banning certain accessories like the high-capacity uh, ammunition magazines we'll be talking about on the show today. Um, that's not part of your top priorities for your group. Those may not be in the top four. Uh, certainly, we would love to see a ban on assault rifles, uh, high-capacity magazines, anything where you can get a high rate of fire and high-capacity magazine so you can have a high mortality rate. If your goal is to murder a lot of human beings, we want to make that tough for you. How likely is it that any of these things, whether it's the uh, assault rifles, high-capacity magazines, or even something that seems to have a lot more uh, widespread support like background checks, how likely is it any of that's going to happen in the current political climate in America? 
a week ago, I would have said it's not very likely at all. Um, I think the House of Representatives uh, will definitely pass legislation like this. They passed uh, H.R. 8 uh, for universal background checks. Um, but that doesn't go before the Senate because Mitch McConnell didn't want it to go before the Senate. And even if it did go before the Senate, there was a clear there is a clear Republican majority. And of course, the president uh, probably wasn't going to sign anything like that. But with the events of this past week, um, you know, Lindsey Graham is talking about a national red flag law and Donald Trump is talking about a national red flag law. And I think that's fantastic. Talk um, about background checks, too. I mean, he hasn't come up with anything more concrete, but just said, yeah, maybe background checks. Well, great. Let's see the specifics and I'll believe it when I see it. But yes, that would be wonderful. I'd love to be able to check off two of our major boxes right off the bat. I think the NRA is going to push back on him pretty hard uh, after a little bit of time has elapsed. Well, and that's the other question is that bottom line is the NRA is still a big influence in Washington and it puts a lot of money uh, into the pockets and the coffers of many, many people on Capitol Hill. How does a group like yours hope to compete? Well, we're trying to be the political uh, counterbalance to the NRA. Um, The NRA originally, uh, after its founding, the NRA was supposed to represent responsible gun ownership and marksmanship, and hey, great. But if they ever did, they sure don't now. Now, the NRA doesn't speak for your neighbor, the hunter, or uh, somebody who's worried about personal safety, or somebody who just likes to go out in the backyard and plink at tin cans, uh, as long as they live uh, in a zone where you can do that. Um now they represent Remington, they represent Smith & Wesson, they represent Ruger, um, they represent gun manufacturers, and their goal is sales. They want to help those gun manufacturers sell as many firearms as they possibly can, and they don't care who gets killed. Does your group make political endorsements? We're coming into an election year, and this could very easily be a major issue in 2020. We do. We uh, we vet political candidates, and we try to make sure that we vet them based on their stance on common sense gun legislation and not on party. Traditionally, the Democratic candidates have been more receptive to these ideas, but we are very open to the idea of working with Republicans. We have Republican members. Uh, I'll throw out we have gun-owning members. Um we're not anti-gun. We're just anti-gun murder and anti-gun suicide. And we're not uh, pro-Democrat, anti-Republican. We're pro our specific issues. If people would like to learn more about your group or maybe join your effort, how do they do so? I'm glad you asked. I didn't want to forget to do that. Uh, they can text the word READY to uh, 64433. Again, the word READY, R-E-A-D-Y, to 64433. And it's easy as that. And then you'll get a link to information or? Well, we'll uh, we'll kind of vet them because um, uh, we actually have people trying to infiltrate us from the other side of the uh, issue. Um, some some people who might be dangerous. So we have to be a little careful. I, I have to make sure that my fellow members are, are protected. But, yeah, we'll make sure that somebody is sincere in wanting to help out and uh, and be a member of Moms Demand Action. And then we'll we'll get the ball rolling. We'll get them in. There are a website people can go to to read up more on the group? Or? Certainly they can they can read up on the group. It's not possible really to join the Springfield group from the website mm-hmm. for the same reason that I just said. But right. yes, they can uh, they can they can get on the web and uh, and Google us and look up the Wikipedia page, etc. Just do a search for Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Dan Barham with the local chapter. Thanks so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me.